light for me Land spreading out so far and wide Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside New York is where I'd rather stay I got allergic smelling hay I just adore a penthouse view Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue Tours. The stores. For sure. Times Square. You are my wife. Goodbye, City Life. Green and Alright, today's Free Farm Friday is available as a podcast at crusademax.com. You can find almost all of them there. Uh, depending on what the subject matter, you might even find some of them as podcasts at New Christendom Daily. Hmm. <laughs> about a fresca. Hmm. Uh, today's Free Farm Friday, uh, we'll talk about uh, a whole variety of things. Let's start with this. They are now making corn that has meat in it. You know, I, I wish sometimes that I was making this stuff up. I, I, I really wish I could hide <laughs> and I could just go, uh, no, no, I, I, I'm, no, I'm kidding. No, 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 that didn't really happen. Unfortunately, on this instance, uh, yes, it did. Here is the, uh, uh, the, the story here from Cizan PR Newswire. Ingredient Works, that's W-E-R-K-S, produces meaty corn. I'll send you the link so you can put it in awesome. the chat room because I know they will be clamoring for that. Okay, there you go. Um... Proving it can significantly reduce the high cost of key alternative protein ingredients. So now meat is, we don't want meat anymore. We want alternative protein. Well, I have a question. What's wrong with regular old protein? Why do we need an alternative? With a carbon neutral footprint at industrial scale. This is everything we are all opposed to in one flipping story. We don't want industrial scale. We don't want genetic modification. We don't want corn that has... <laughs> hey, how about some T-bone on the cob, kids? How about a burger on the cob? I can't wait for them to figure out how to put some cheese into it, too. While they're putting the beef in there, can we get a, can we get a corn on the... Can we get a burger on the cob? They're serious about this. Let's go to our regular Free Farm Friday Master Farmers, uh, Brian K. from Wharton, Texas, and Mr. Dan Mundy, the old farmer from Jersey. Uh, Mr. Mundy, since uh, you sent me the story, I'll start with you. Uh, do you fancy that they might figure out a way to put some Hind 50, 57 in this corn, too? <laughs> Good morning, miniature. Good morning. Uh, um, or, or some A1. I, I, why not some, well, well, you know, we want a variety. Why not some old-fashioned Worcestershire sauce? You know, I mean, you know, let, let, let's let's make this uh, a complete food in one bite. That's, that's right, uh, some Liam Perron. <laughs> I, it, it just scares the heck out of me because 
we have no idea what what the other ramifications are going to be. I mean, I just don't do not believe that that, that that they can target things that well and inject various things that are not supposed to be there that nature and God did not intend, and that all of a sudden everything else is going to be all right. We've they've already proved that that doesn't work. The unintended consequences here are just are just phenomenal in my mind. But but what would I know? I'm just an old farmer. I don't know anything. Uh, this is a Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, God creates, I, I, I mean, God creates yeah. dinosaur. God creates man. Uh, man creates dinosaur. Dinosaur eats man. <laughs> Woman inherits the earth. <laughs> Laura Dern directs it. I think part of this bitter Monday though is the these criminal evil bastards' insatiable desire to earn hundreds of thousands of dollars a month that they haven't earned. And that this is to drive their IPO stock price or whatever it is, where uh, ingredient works as stock price and market valuation up. That's probably what most of it is. Uh, who knows if it actually works? Um, but you're right; it is a terrifying, uh, terrifying thought. Mitter, uh, Mitter Coke. Let me bring up uh, Brian K in here. Uh, I wonder if they'll be selling this at, at the Bucky's down the street from your house. I sure hope so, and I can put some beast and butt rub on it. <laughs> you know, I didn't know until just, I mean, literally, maybe you had mentioned it before, and I just didn't hear it, or I heard it, and I didn't internalize it. For some stupid reason, I was looking at a map of all the Bucky's locations on Tuesday, and I went, wait a minute, they can't have a Bucky's in Wharton, Texas? Yeah. They sure as hell do. At one time, it was the biggest uh, that they made, but then they started making the bigger mega ones. So, well, the good news is if your if if, if your uh, septic ever gets stopped up, or if your running water ever stops, uh, you and the kids have plenty of wonderful clean bathrooms to go use. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes away. <laughs> ten so. minutes away. So the sign would be like, uh, "Dad, I have to go." Put a Bucky sign up. Ten minutes, only ten miles. Can you hold it? Yes, yes. Well, you know, for all the love we give Bucky's, there are petty foggers against Bucky's. So wow, it is an industrial scale operation. <laughs> uh, uh, you can ask Tommy about uh, about the Bucky's that they're putting up in Mississippi. Um, in order to to to, because they have to make an exit for it. That's or they have yeah. to improve the exit that's there. Uh, yeah. So the locals that have been living there their whole lives going like, oh, we don't really want us a Bucky's here, uh, and now we can't even get off the I ten to go to our dying houses. We got to take detours. So you damn city slicking jackasses, when you drive past our our place here and past Christian Mississippi, can stop at your damn Bucky's. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> oh, dude, they are livid. <laughs> there are message forms that are filled. Stop Bucky's now. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because they started as a very, it was just a small chain of gas stations. And uh, the guy got successful because he responded to his customers. They wanted clean bathrooms, and he provided that. And he always read the suggestions and ever, did everything he could to make those suggestions happen. And that's, that's what built his success. And, uh, but they've been around, I mean, it started- 1984. The next, yeah, the next county over, yeah, you know, Brazoria County. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a success story for serving customers. I mean, really. 
he gave them what they wanted and built it into what it is now. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly don't frequent them that much. I mean, there's times I'll stop and use the bathroom there, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, uh, so you only leave things there. You don't take anything out of it. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much. Okay. Let's get back to the corn story here. Uh, this is Woburn, Massachusetts ingredients works, a leading molecular farming company. Uh, let's stop right there. I say we pass a law to outlaw all molecular farming companies. It should be illegal. Just like just like fingerprinting, uh, just like making DNA, uh, using the CRISPR technology, and making human chimeras through in vitro, through eggs left over through in vitro fertilizations, IVF. There should be it should just be completely and totally illegal. As a matter of fact, just, and and then after it's made illegal, this is what we uh, uh, this is what we ought to do. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah, uh, nuke the whole site from orbit. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not joking about this. When you hear what these people, what these monsters are doing, why anyone would put this in their body uh, is beyond me. Listen, uh, that, 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 that has achieved a major milestone for the alternative protein industry. Brian, Dan, I didn't know there was such a thing as the alternative protein industry, and I certainly didn't ask for it. Did you? I definitely didn't ask to it. I mean, I'm just, I'm, it's beyond what they've gone into, what we're going to ingest miniature. What are they going to do to the environment and the upset with that? I mean, now we're going to have, what bugs are going to go on this and go propagate something else we didn't know about? That's right. uh, Now, listen to this. Uh, A major milestone for the alternative protein industry by producing a proprietary corn expressing high levels of bovine myoglobin. Mitter Cloak, you're a biologist. What is what is bovine myoglobin? Well, when you cook that steak rare or medium rare, that's the that's the red juice that comes out, and it's not blood, and that's the myoglobin. Everybody thinks it's blood, but when you butcher, you bleed them out, and that's that's the juice that comes out. Interesting. So that's where a lot of flavor is. Uh huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, this is something that God made cow meat with. Yep. And these lunatics have supposedly figured out how to make it grow, how to grow myoglobin in corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, science is awesome, huh? No, it's not. It's terrifying. <laughs> As a high-value uh, heme, H-A-M-E protein, and key animal replacement ingredient, a bovine myoglobin is used to mimic the taste texture and aroma of meat and alternative protein applications. Using corn as a manufactory for the production of high value proteins like its meaty corn, Ingredient Works leverages the immense capacity of the U.S. agricultural cultivation and processing infrastructure to produce these valuable proteins at industrial scale with a carbon neutral footprint and at a fraction of the cost to produce the majority of these alternative animal proteins today. So Mitter Monday, your nightmare just came true. They want to plant this everywhere. 
when when they say industrial scale, remember I work in large industry. It's it's, it's scale is is scary, and uh, maybe that's another reason. I, I I don't think they think that far ahead that they're trying to put so much of this now in controlled environments because they know that if they let it out into the real world is going to become uncontrollable even for them but I well the photograph in the story the, that much credit yeah the, the photographs in the story are all inside a very large greenhouse well which I guess they would have to do until they initially get this going but I mean the idea that they're gonna uh, I mean uh, not corn it's wind pollinated so you, you're not going to necessarily have pollinators uh, of course they were all dying out anyway we talked about that list. we talked about the bees last week what what happens to Brian K what happens to the bees when they get bellies full of myoglobin I don't know maybe they come become mega bees with all that protein <laughs> yeah. I don't know maybe they become super bee <laughs> well it would be the, actually the queen because the uh, the workers don't actually consume it they just collect it and take it back the so then the queen that, that has all the bees is going to take uh, the T-bone steak in. and But don't, don't worry, nothing is going to happen. Now, corn is strange because unlike most other vegetables, uh, you need the tassels at the top of the corn. That actually is the pollinator, right? right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't yeah. know that. You, you don't see bees flying around your corn because you don't need it. The corn, the tassels, uh, the, the the pods fall off the tassels. They, you can actually see it in real time if you have corn growing. Just go out there and look at it. When the tassels mm-hmm. appear, go out and look at your uh, your ears that come off the, the stalk, and you will see the pieces from the tassel that came off. You will see them down inside on the uh, on the stalk at the bottom where of, uh, where the, uh, the the ear comes out. Um, uh, and then you'll see a week later, bamo, there will be a little piece of baby corn there, right? Yeah, it falls. Yeah, it falls on the silk. So you know the the Barbie hair that comes off the corn or silk. The Barbie oh, hair. Barbie. <laughs> that, 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 a whole new use for Barbie now. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, pollen falls onto that, and that's what. And you have to have you know they you have to have enough. Because you'll sometimes you'll get corn and you know, the, you you'll get a kernel that's not developed. Well, that didn't get pollinated, and that's what happened. So it the pollen falls off down to the ear, goes into that the silk, and you know touches the silk, and that's that's what how it's, it's basically fertilizing the, to make a fertile seed. Now uh, I had to be very careful of how I say this. Um, but where these monsters are creating this Franken food that's going to, God knows what it's going to do to an actual environment it's introduced into. And they don't know. The only way they can know is to try it. And then once you do, well, then it's like in- introducing the uh, murder hornet or whatever. Uh, uh, this would be an instance for me where some of the shenanigans that have been pulled by environmental activists in the past against places that make gasoline and stuff, uh, it would seem to me that this would be warranted. This, These people need to be stopped. This is happening in Massachusetts. You're not going to get the state of Massachusetts to stop this, uh, but somebody ought to be trying. These people need to be told no. They need to be stopped. But listen, listen to how the story is phrased, though. It gets even scarier. Listen to this. 
In Q2 of this year, the company verified its myoglobin production platform significantly exceeded its initial target expression level of heme at 10 milligrams per gram of corn, a level which the company calculates confers an unprecedented low cost for heme production. Additionally, this achievement represents the first successful expression of myoglobin beef in corn, a plant-based molecular farming application. Accordingly, the company has protected this proprietary application with corresponding patent application filings. As a heme binding protein traditionally found in the muscle tissue of cows, myoglobin, is, you already know about that. Quote, and then they say this is a $1 billion global market opportunity. Quote, this achievement is to the alternative protein industry, as is the advancement in lithium-ion battery technology to the electric vehicle market, an engine that creates quality, affordable, and sustainable value and helps drive consumer adoption. By reaching these expressions levels of myoglobin and corn, we believe we've solved for three of the greatest challenges facing the alternative protein markets today, the production of high-quality, low-cost animal proteins at scale. Ladies and gentlemen, they are talking about growing meat. This is not the impossible meat crap. This is myoglobin that is actually being produced in a plant. And then, well, this will, this will facilitate consumer adoption like hell it will. <laughs> like hell it will. I don't know how you stop this. This is where you actually need a government to come in and go like, okay, you've had enough playtime with your genetic modification. You people are done. We're going to outlaw this, and we're going to we're going to ship you off to, to somewhere in in, in uh, oh, what is the um, what is the jungle that they still haven't explored the whole thing? It starts with a B. Uh, Borneo. We're going to ship you off to the jungles of Borneo, and don't ever come out. <laughs> this is madness here. Why would I, I? I don't understand why anyone would cheer this on. Who thinks this is a good idea? Either one of you. Government needs to, oh, I, the government, I don't think, you say the government needs to stop this. I, I wonder how much funding they've gotten for the government. Oh, that's, so that's probably right. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah so there, there, there's no question. I mean, I, I don't even want to delve into it, Medicare, because it'll just sit here and aggravate me. I, I don't even understand, you know, the, 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 you know what, what's their big justification? It's carbon neutral. Based on what? What are you putting together here to come up with some scenario that's carbon neutral? I, I can't even, you know. I do some of this for a living. I mean, I can't even understand what numbers you'd, you'd cobble together to, to make a, a silly statement like that. I'm sure they did, but they don't mean anything. So I've been, I shouldn't even send this one to you because it upsets me so much. Well, and, then, and, then, and then the CEO says plant-based and alternative foods are solidifying their place in the mainstream diet. There's no one in the mainstream that I know that is solidifying frankenfood in their diet. You? I, my, my neighbor... Uh, next door neighbor works for Frito Lay, and they've been selling the uh, Impossible Jerky or whatever it is. I don't, can't, I can't remember Beyond Meat Jerky. And he said they have to rotate it off the shelf because nobody buys it. And he said you can tell when one of the packages like breaks open and he can smell it. It's, he says it's like the worst smell. 
and nobody wants to be around it to clean it up or anything like that. So, oh, but people are going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can feed it to the bugs and then eat the bugs. You will eat the bugs. <laughs> you will own nothing. You will be happy and eat the bugs. Uh, last week we had a story. We only touched on it briefly, very briefly. But there was another Franken food. Uh, what was it? It was a, a, a something that was supposed to taste like a bean. Pig DNA. That's what it was. It's pigs this time. To a soybean. So yeah, you're gonna bacon in your soybeans now, as if soybeans won't won't sterilize you and screw you up enough. Well, we're gonna add some bacon to it. Well, at least it's enjoyable along the way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, you saw my comment in the email. Make it stop. <laughs> Just make it stop. <laughs> this stuff is so insane that we don't even want to talk about it. It's so bonkers. And, and then uh, uh, Monday sends me this. Americans are moving toward climate danger in search of cheaper homes. <laughs> you know, so if you live down the street from where I, if you lived here and you drove right down the street from where I live, you would actually see this in, in practice, Mitter Monday. You would see a, it once was a beautiful pine forest, okay, 200 acres. They went in and they clear cut that joker. Not a tree left standing. Uh, I'm talking they ground the stumps up. There is no rem <laughs> there is no remnant that there ever was a pine tree that ever grew in this place. And then they brought in thousands, thousands of yards of trucks of dirt. And they built that up, and then they cut their little uh, their little streets in there, and they started building their little crackerjack homes, uh, all sitting zero lot lines, one on top of another here, no backyard, no front yard. But hey, nobody likes to mow anymore. People don't even want yards. <laughs> a yard has now become a burden, uh, and and they put these things up, and now where once you had a tree, you had a stand of trees that were absorbing carbon dioxide, belching out oxygen. Now you have homes that have tar, asphalt roofs, right? They're now absorbing heat, not reflecting it back or doing anything productive with it. And they're basically making little neighborhoods full that are basically, if you looked at them from space, you would be able to see them with an infrared lens because they're basically making little heat sinks. That's what this story is talking about here. Uh, this is just, I mean, this really isn't a farming topic, but it most certainly is an environmental topic. And you just have to, you, know, you wonder, I, 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 I wonder, but I can tell you from experience, there are 20, late 20-something, 20 up to middle 30-something people that are buying these things. These homes are hideous. They are awful. And that's why we can't sell ours, because ours has character and a law, and they go, like, well, I don't want to have to cut the yard. <laughs> this stuff is actually being done. And this generation, that the, lap, the, the uh, laptop class that I talked about earlier, actually think this is a cool place to live and a good thing to do. So you said the story wasn't a free farm for anyone. It most certainly is, because none of these people have enough land in their little backyards to even plant a potato or a, to or a tomato, Mitter Monday. 
Well, you, you might get dirty if you do that, Medicare. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we've had that conversation. I, I still don't understand why people, you know, pay somebody to mow their lawn and then pay to go to a gym. I don't. I, I can't. Fig, I can't figure out that kind of way of thinking. But you know, they, you know, the, 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 it is interesting to look at because this is nothing new. We've been doing this now for several decades with the, with 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 the, uh, housing and and what this next. Oh God, I sound old. The current generations are are, are looking for. They want to live in cocoons, which I guess is why so many of them took so quickly to the corona hoax and, and were, were very happy to, to further embed themselves in the cocoon. Matter of fact, make games out of how, how, how long can I stay in my home without <laughs> leaving it and, 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 and have some, everything brought to me and taken care of. I mean, there were people who were, who were you know, flouting that on social media. So I, I, social media is evil. And it must be destroyed. Wait, what, what is the Cartaga de Cartaga de Linda Est? You know what that means? No, Brian. You know what Cartaga de Linda Est means? Oh, something end it now? Or? No, no, no. It means Carthage must be destroyed. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So GMO, <laughs> bougie cracker, bougie cracker, cracker box neighborhoods, de Linda Est must be destroyed. The, the people that are, uh, gosh, oh man, I, I get a headache. You know, people wondering, why don't you return email on a weekend? Dude, I can't function anymore <laughs> after five days of doing this. All I can think about is not doing this. All I can think about is not going on some social media and going like, did I have to see that? You know, as a matter of fact, I don't. I think I'm going to turn the whole damn thing off. This can't be good for us. So so how do you tie this to, 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 to the farm? Well, as I was saying earlier, people are now, and there are people that we know, have lost all sense of reality an attachment not only to what is real, but how things are made. Like Mitter, like Mitter Monday likes to say, Brian, well, why things work. Well, why does a farm work? Well, because you take what God blessed us with and you kind of organize it uh, uh, for your benefit. And God's okay with this. As a matter of fact, he kind of made the animals so that we could organize them. And he made the plants so that we could kind of organize them. Uh, but we really don't have to. If we just let it all grow, as the guy from what One Straw Nation says, as uh, that, uh, that genius says, you just let it grow, you will get mandarins. You may not get them where you want them, and you may have to walk through uh, weeds filled with snakes to get there, <laughs> but you will get mandarins, Mr. Mister Coke. That's true. You know, that's, that's, you just kind of got to let things, you know, look like, well, the problem is everybody think they see the manicured lawn and everything, and that's what they strive for, not realizing there's no... There's nothing in nature that looks like that. No. And even, and so, yeah, you, you let it happen. I mean, look at, I mean, I have pecan trees that give me pecans almost every year. I don't fertilize them. I don't do anything. I mean, there's plenty there, and they make a pecan, and it drops in the fall, and I pick it up and take it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, trees, you know, once you get, you know, trees and other perennial type plants you can get them to that level but you know when you're gardening you know the annual plants that we manage usually in our garden take a little more care but they still respond to the natural 
you know, natural function and everything, and you still get production out of them, you know, the desired production. And I'm going to throw into the chat room something that you you sent out uh, earlier this week. I'm I'm, going to actually send it to Mrs. O'Connell so she could put it in there. Uh, To this end here, uh, back on the subject of of kind of farming and uh, talking about the way things, uh, I think I'm going to write a book. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take Limbaugh's cue, and I'm just gonna write a new version of the the way things ought to be. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go over all this. The other day, I'm gonna bring Mrs. O'Connell in here. I'm not trying to embarrass her or anything, or uh, reveal details of of her private life. But she made something for me to eat that was absolutely stunningly delicious. It was a beef stew. You may go like, beef stew was delicious. Okay. Here's what made it so good. So the tomatoes that went into it, uh, now you have this graphic, that's why I wanted her to throw it into the chat room. You have the tomato sauces, the popular ones, Prego. Prego, it's in there. Prego means it's good in Italian. Ragu, ragu simply, and Raoul's homemade. And then beneath each one is a shot glass, or a rocks glass, that has a certain amount of sugar. And it shows that Prego has almost an entire cup of sugar in just one jar. And you go down to the next slide, and it's the yogurts. And depending on which Yoplait you have, uh, it's loaded up with a high-processed refined sugar. So if you're not using high-fructose corn syrup, this is how people get sweet uh, into their mass-produced product. Well, I can tell you that Mrs. O'Connell made this uh, this, this wonderful beef stew with a, with a red sauce. And here's how she got sweet into it. How many cups of wine did you put in it? Mm, two. Two. So, Brian, Dan, you entered it was white wine. It was a red wine. Red wine. You're thinking of two different items that I cooked. Okay, well, the, the one that had the sweet sauce. I'm going, oh, wow, this is really sweet. This is delicious. Yes. That was the spaghetti sauce that I used. I used our small little cherry tomatoes that I had preserved with garlic and all the herbs from our garden. Okay. And then, so you just pulp them up. And then if you want to add any uh, sweet uh, sweetness to it, just pour wine in it. Grapes. And the alcohol will cook off. What's left is sugar. So this is how we used to sweeten things. If you look at Mitter Mundy's uh, uh, recipe book that he sent me, what was that book called, Dan? Oh, uh, well, it was The Art of Cookery was one of them. The Art of Cookery. The other one. So it's yeah. published in, yeah. seven, in the 1780s. You know, you have to, uh, yeah. you have yeah. to know that the, the, yeah, the F's are S's. <laughs> so when you're reading it, um, uh, every recipe, almost every recipe that has anything uh, that has any flour in it calls for lard. Whether you're making bread or you're making biscuits or pancakes, it doesn't matter. Almost everything has fat in it. Real animal fat. And there's almost no mention of sugar. Now, when they were talking about sugar, they didn't have the methodology to refine sugar the way we did. So they had these, uh, you can actually go to Grant's Family Farms. Where's that at? And uh, around uh, Doritter, Grant's family farm. You go to the Christmas tree farm. They actually have, uh, Brian, you would love this. You, you, you and Suzanne should bring the kids over, come visit us for Christmas uh, this year. We'll take you there to the Christmas tree farm. They actually have an old school sugar mill. Brian, you ever seen one? No, I have not. Okay. So uh, you basically need a, you need a mule. And then you got in the center is the grinder. You take sugarcane stalks 
and you fill the, the barrel up with the stalks, the mule starts walking around in a circle, and then he turns the gear, and then, you know, you, uh, turns a, a small gear, which turns a ginormous gear. That turns the grinder. So what it basically does is it draws the sugarcane stalk into the press, and then it just squeezes cane sugar out of it. The corn sugar, you get, basically you get cane sugar in liquid form, which is how you make, when you see a soft drink that's made with real cane sugar, well, that, that's what you get. But that's how they would, that's how you would make something sweet or that, or you would use honey. I know you like to use honey. Um, but, but, you know, there's no mention of the, of any of these products that you threw in there. None of them, <laughs> none of them use anything. You would, and you wouldn't drink that if somebody handed you a glass, a 12-ounce glass that had six ounces of white sugar in it, and it handed it to you and said, okay, drink that. You go like, no, disgusting. I get a toothache. You're like, okay, oh, here, let me put some carbonated water in it and stir it up. Okay, now drink it. No, that'd be disgusting. No, it's not. It's 7-Up. Squeeze a little lemon in there. We have no clue how food used to be prepared. Is the point, uh, Mitter Monday? And uh, I think it's <laughs> why things work. Okay, why does your body work the way it does? Well, it works because God made it that way. Do you think God designed our body to d digest this this fake hemoglobin crap? Mm, definitely not. Just like uh, they didn't. I don't think that uh, we intended to ingest as much sugar or even as much sweetness in general as we do today. I mean, that book that I gave you, I'm sure you know, they, they didn't have one tenth the amount of sugar. It was a real treat to have something sweet. They didn't. Many of them didn't even know what it was. So uh, yeah, and they ate a lot of animal fat. And if you really look at what was killing people, it had more to do with the sanitary issues than it had to do with. Oh, it was absolutely and, sanitary and, issues. Yeah, and somehow two hundred years later, we decided that everything they were they were eating was bad. So I'm I'm not uh, you know if I had these answers, I guess I'd be running the world. That's a scary thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Brian, how uh, how low uh, is Texas this year in rainfall? How far off your norm are you? Where I'm at, um, uh, we're probably about 10 to 15 inches below. But you go out around San Antonio and it's a lot worse. Okay. They, is they, is they, it as bad as it was last year? Out there, it's, it's worse. Here, it's not as bad because we had rain in the spring. But uh, it's just, it's, but it's so hot. I mean, we've got. Can, can we. Go ahead. Uh, can we make the connection that um, what we're seeing uh, with the uh, increase in temperatures across this continent um, uh, is related to what is happening in the Pacific uh, Ocean? It's also related to what's happening on the Pacific Coast, where they have, through the actions of man, they have altered their climate. And then it makes its way this way, uh, kind of like the Dust Bowl in the 1930s. I don't know what brought the Dust Bowl to the end. I guess shipping men off to war, so they had to stop whatever it was they were doing. Um, but the Dust Bowl was a real freaking deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in any time, and, and it was caused by bad farming practices. And when you com combined it with a major drought, which we had, it exposed all the it exposed everything. And when you the, 
it's, it's easy to, to certify land, you know, turn it into desert when you pound it and you keep it in ground bare and everything like that. And that's what happened. And now, and now that's what we're happening. What's happening today? We're even if we're not plowing up the land, we're covering it with concrete and rooftops. And it's, I think it's a reflection. You know, the sun reflects the heat, and you know, it just exacerbates things. I mean, you plow over a bare ground field in the middle of the summer in the Midwest, and you're going to get turbulence on an airplane. So it's pushing. You know, it's that heat pushing back up, and you know, causing that turbulence. So. You know, it's just it's a it's it's, a, it's I think it's a combination of things, and uh, you know we need to get back to you know covering the ground and, and fixing fixing our water and nutrient cycles, or it's just going to get worse, and we're going to see deserts extend. Yeah. And it, um, we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time. But, yeah, I didn't know about the planes and the turbulence, but that's interesting because you do pass, especially when you get out to the Corn Belt where they're growing all of this corn to be turned into fuel. Uh, and, and when it's hot, you know, if you look at it off in the distance, you do see kind of the mirage, as Bugs Bunny would say. Uh, so you do see the heat coming up off the field. Um, and that's not supposed to happen that way. So in, in irony of sorts, maybe we, there is some anthropogenic uh, global warming mid or Monday um, uh, or, or climate change. But it's not coming from driving cars. It's coming from bad, bad, terrible farming and land use practices. Isn't that interesting that they got it wrong again? <laughs> no, no, no. They're the government and they're the expertocracy. They well, get everything right. Follow the money, miniature. It all works out. Well, you wouldn't want to interfere with that uh, that massive conglomerate that we call the food industry right now. You and you also don't want to, and you're also blaming on something you can try to pretend to make more money out of. And, and you know, I mean, it's it's perfect for those that are running it. I really, you know, it, it does make you wonder: do they really, really, really think about these things, or are they just all over the map? I, I can believe either one. That's I don't believe they think about them because they don't have charity. So no, they're a bunch of narcissists, uh, neurotic lunatics, and no, they don't care. The guy that's talking about uh, making his Franken food and putting beef and corn doesn't care. All he sees is what everyone else sees, the great all-American, my almighty dollar. Hey, guys, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Mitter Monday, as always, thank you. God bless you. Uh, Mitter Coke, as always, thank you. God bless you. Folks, uh, Brian hangs out pretty much uh, 24-7. I don't know when the man sleeps. In the Crusader, uh, in the uh, uh, 24-7 signal, uh, Free Farm Friday 24-7 signal chat. You can find that uh, if you're, by downloading the Signal app and then searching either for Brian Koch or me or someone that you know is a crusader or a Free Farm Friday 24-7 and X to join the group if you want in. Uh, so uh, we will see both of you next week. God bless both of you and thank you very much. Bless both of you and thank you very much.